Hello and welcome. We are in Yerushalmi Brachos Daf Yudalid in the Ozvahadar print. And I want to start off with a, couple, a, a quick introduction. Um, today's blot has a lot of parallels in the uh, Bavli itself, and we'll try to mention a few and we'll do a quick thought on the blot itself. But I want to go global today because I keep promising this and I've gotten a lot of questions about it. And there's a lot to say, but let's just start. Um, the question is, what Masechta's um, was the Bavli written on? What Masechta's was the Yerushalmi written on? It sounds like a very simple question. So here's the thing. Um, when we say that somebody finished Shas, so it's actually interesting. It usually refers to Bavli, and it usually actually refers to Shas stands for Shisa Sidre, six Sidarim. Now, if somebody learns through Shas, they'll notice there's a couple of things. First of all, there's no Bavli on Yerushal, on there's no Bavli on Masechus Shekalim in all of um, Moed. So that's a problem. There's also no Bavli on all of Zeroam except for Brachos. So you have Brachos, and there's no Bavli on there. And... Uh, there's no Bavli on any other Masechta in all of Peya, Demai, Kalayim, Shviyas, Trumas, Maizers, Maizers, Shani, Chala, or Labikurim. Nothing. Um, there is Yerushalmi on those Masechtas, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, so then there's certain other, a few other Masechtas in Kachim, and, and of course all of Taurus, except for Nida, has no Gemara Bavli. What seems to be is that there's something called the 36 Masechtas, which is Serafim Om Demimal Lo. There's a Kabbalistic concept of Lo is Lamed Vav, 36. Hanukkah's coming up, that's to do with the candles that are lit as well. If you do the math about how many lights are, are lit throughout Hanukkah with day one, plus two, plus three, plus four, till eight. Um, so <clears throat> if you count the Shamash, there's other Cheshbonos as well. Anyway, we'll save that for Hanukkah. So the point is that it, it seems to be pretty well accepted that the Masafas we have in Bavli are complete, and that when somebody finishes Bavli, they've finished Bavli and they've done all the Masafas that have, that have been written on. There was a movement after Dafyomi, which started 101 years ago, Dafyomi, by the way, in 1923, um, sorry, um, 99 years ago. So um, the cycle is about seven months and five, se seven years and five months for the uh, Bobbly cycle. Um, and we're on the 14th cycle right now, so do the math. Um, and it's 2,711 pages. Now, the the Bromberg edition in the 1500s is kind of what established that Surah Sadaf, and it really makes it a lot easier. <laughs> And the three shown him, they say, you know, Beperik Arba Nizakim, or Beperik Shritas. And it's a little bit confusing because, but they had no paginization. So it wasn't like you could say in that, you know, in that Masafta on this page, because everyone had different pages, but that Perik made sense. You just kind of looked it up. But it, it, it led to a lot of misunderstandings as well, where people that didn't understand things. Imagine if the Ruggachar didn't have a Tzuras Adaf, how would he even write? And so many of his Mepharshim, it's all about just page, etc. Okay, so that's kind of the overview. Now, what I was mentioning before is that there was a movement of people that said, after the Dafyomi was founded, um, about 50 years ago, from what I understand, that basically said, wait a minute, um, you're not really finishing Sisha Siddur Mishnah because you're skipping the Mishnayas. And so what they did is they filled in all the Mishnayas learning. If you're doing the, the Bavli cycle, then you should still be learning, um, you're doing Brachos in the which is the Mishnayas and the Gemara, but you're going to not learn Peah, Demai, Kalayim, Shviyah, so learn all those Mishnayas that are missing, and, and Taurus, and they created a whole system of that. I haven't seen that so well used, but it definitely makes a lot of sense that if you're going to learn it, you should learn all the Mishnayas as well. In fact, Rashi in Sukkah, uh, somewhere in the Daf Yud Bez, Yudalit area over there, Ayn Sham, so it's a long Rashi, and he says it's on the Gemara of, it's funny, I could quote the parak. it's on the, the, uh, the Gemara brings in that the Avos, Hashem was this Avod Latibos and Shal Avos, and on, it's on that Gemara, the Gemara brings in um, a Masechta and Taurus. So Rashi says that the Gemara is Marach on Taurus topics um, in random places because there is no Gemara there. And therefore, I wanted to take an opportunity to expound. So you see that, 
A, clearly there was no Gemara in certain parts, which that's what Rashi's saying, and B, that it's important to learn these other parts. Okay, so what about Yerushalmi? So Yerushalmi is very interesting. Um, first of all, there's the Vilna print, um, and there is the um, Ozvahadar print. Now, um, again, most people quote Yerushalmi's as um, what parak and what halacha they're in. I heard somebody try to say, Ha'ara, that Yerushalmi is more halachic-focused. That's why it's called halacha instead of Mishnah. I haven't found that to be exactly true, meaning they say that uh, that, that the Bavli is um, two-thirds halacha and one-third agadita. I find that Yerushalmi has a lot of agadita. Now, I understand that we're in Brachos, and Brachos does have a lot more agadita. I mean, it, it, just like Bavli does. So, But I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know well enough whether that's true or not. But I... The Ha'ara is an interesting Ha'ara that it was very halacha-focused, and it makes sense because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to expound upon the Mishnah. Allegedly, when the original Yerushalmi was even printed, um, it actually didn't even have the Mishnahis in it. It just had kind of the Gemara, and somebody tried to add the Mishnahis later, so that also could have confused things. But the the how things are printed and how they've developed is very important because one of the challenges with the Yerushalmi is exactly how it formed. Anyway, so let's come back. So how many Masafas are in the Yerushalmi? So we know that we have... Um, all of Zeram and Yerushalmi, which a lot of people learn, you know, Masafas Klein or Shvias are, are learned. So we have all of Zeram. In Moed, um, we know that we have Shkalim, and hopefully, well, that's a whole different discussion, the paginization and whether it was historically learned because the Bavli was missing Shkalim or whether it wasn't or whether the Yerushalmi that we have in Shkalim has been um, babylized, as they like to say, um, changed, etc. There's different prints of it. There's different versions. Hopefully, we'll get there when we get to Shkalim. There's a lot to say on that matter. But anyway, so suffice it to say, um, the question starts to become that we know we're missing things. For example, Masechah Shabbos is missing large fragments. Clearly, it just ends in the middle. Masechah um, Nida as well is missing most of it. So, um, th- th- and, and all of Kachim is missing, or not. So that's the issue. We know that we know for sure we don't have it now. Although, I'll talk about that in a moment, that there was a time that people thought we did have it. Um, but Rishonim do seem to quote Yerushalmi of, in, in Kachim, and we clearly don't have that. So, um, for example, in Bavli, we have Zavachim, Menachos, Chulun, Bechor, you know, Erechen, Demura, etc. So we know that we're definitely missing that. So this kind of became a thing of, can you make a Siam on, on Yerushalmi? Um, I, I've spoken this over with a lot of people, and again, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll address it more. I mean, a lot of people feel that you can. It's what we have in front of us. It's what's Neskabal and Kali Yisrael. This is Yerushalmi. But, um, but, but there's definitely, but we are definitely clearly what we have in front of us. This becomes more problematic. We clearly are missing parts of Shabbos, parts of um, Anita, like I said, you just take a look, you'll see it's missing most of the Masechta, which is just really a big tragedy. Um, let me make one more note, and then we'll come to our page itself. There's a great article written by Rav Yosef Gavriel Bechafer, who really is someone that deserves a lot of credit for really bringing Yerushalmi out. I mean, he, I, I believe for a while he held the designation as the only Magadjir to ever have completed a Yerushalmi cycle and a Babli cycle, which is amazing. I'm sure there are other people, but at least I, I know that about him to be true. And he wrote a very fascinating article about Talmud Yerushalmi on Kachim. You could Google it. It's pretty easily available on his website with all of his recordings on Yerushalmi as well. There's so many, so many amazing resources of Aldaf, and Art Scroll has resources now, and the OU, and um, many, many places. Uh, so anyway, basically, in 1907, a mysterious person appeared, and he called himself Shlomo Yehuda Al-Ghazi Friedlander, Svarti Tahar, right? And he basically started publishing things on Yerushalmi. And um, what's fascinating about it is that it's, it's, you could get this Yerushalmi, um, and it is published on... Um, it is published on HebrewBooks.org. It's there. I know they have a lot of controversial things on there, and they, I know there is a lot of thought that goes into what's there, and I understand why it's there. And the alleged story is that the Ruggedshaver rejected it, and the alleged story is that 
he said that every Masefta has one new name in it, and this one doesn't have that. And there's a lot of discussion in a lot of people whether, whether this is true or not. There's a Rabbi Ober, Oberlander who actually wrote his PhD dissertation on Yerushalmi, Kachim, and um, there's a Hebrew version, an English, and a, and a, and a um, I guess, I'm not sure what language it is, the other one. Um, my Google Translate didn't even work, but I've read some of his Hebrew articles. They're very, very good. And basically, um, they don't deny the Ragacharya story, although they think it's not probable. And the reason is because if you look at Tzachans Paneach, um, Parak Kufyud, Gimel, and onward, so um, he actually has other objections and problems with Yerushalmi, and he doesn't mention that one. And Lahore, that would be one that he should mention, which I think is a very good argument, unless that story happened later. But but I don't. I also don't know it to be true. I certainly, I would have loved to have heard if somebody asked Rechaim Kanievsky, that's all, or something about this exact matter, whether there is a new, a new name. I know there's a very famous one where the Gemara at the end of, um, of Sota, I believe, says that um, when Rebbe died, Batala Anava, or whoever it was, I might have the wrong name, and he says, Va'ika Anna, but I'm here. And Rukhan Knievsky said that, that he wasn't saying it's myself, although there are Mepharshim, many Mepharshim will explain that, but Ika Anna, there was actually a Amora in the, in the uh, or Tana or an Amora in the, in the Yushalmi, probably an Amora, that was, whose name was sort of Anna. Anyway, so um, the Chavetz Chaim wrote a Haskama to it, as, as did other people. Of course, the Chavetz Chaim, when this person was found to be um, a liar, um, did retract his um, Haskama, as did many other people. But um, it really, it was very convincing. And what he basically did was, um, and Rebekhofer talks about this as well, he basically took all the Bavlis on that and put them into Yerushalmi styles and all the other Yerushalmis have talked about it um, as well, which is really, really fascinating. And like Rebekhofer points out, he took some of the Hashmatos Yerushalmi where people quoted Yerushalmis throughout the years, so we never knew where they were, and he sprinkled those in also just to make it more interesting. So the guy was obviously brilliant, um, but absolutely a fraud and proved to be a fraud on many, many fronts. So there's a lot to say about that. The point that I'm trying to make is just that it's fascinating how Yerushalmi has developed and what we have in front of us, and it's just something to keep in mind. Let's come back to Daf Yudal and Alf, and hopefully we'll talk more about that as we go along. It's just interesting to know what we're doing. So one of the things that the Gemara says is that, and there's a parallel suga in the Bavli as well, that um, a Kohen Gadol, so uh, when, when, when we Davin Shepon Esrei, we kind of moved on from Shema to Shepon Esrei. So when we Davin Shepon Esrei, we bow right at the end of certain brachos, the first bracha, Last bracha modem. But the, the Yerushalmi and the Babli both say that for a uh, Melech who's davening and for a Kohen Gadol that's davening, there's even more bowing that goes on. And that is the Gemara says, sorry, um, that Rav Yitzhak Bar Nachman B'Shem of Yeshua Ben Levi, he says, Kohen Gadol Socheach Al Sof Kol Bracha Bracha. He bows at the end of every single bracha. And the Melech Rosh kol bracha bracha, the beginning of every bracha, v'sof kol bracha bracha, and at the end of every bracha. And the Rav Simon, the shame, shame Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, he says, Hamelch Meshu Korea, Eno Niskaf, Hachu Mashgal Tvilasa. He goes down once and he stays down the whole time. And everybody quotes Rashi, who really sheds a lot of light to this. I haven't really heard any other good shot, although I've, I've tried to see other shot, and I'll try to add one today. But Rashi is really the authoritative figure here in Bavli, obviously. And Rashi there says that the more, um, the higher position you hold, the more prone you are to, to being haughty, and therefore the more you have to be machnia yourself. So the Kohen Gadol is a very, very prestigious position, so he needs to um, bow at the end of every single bracha. And the king, either according to one opinion, he needs to bow at the beginning and end, or he just needs to stay on the ground the entire time, and that's how they explain it. Um, so that is, that is a very, very important thing. Um, so with that in mind, 
Um, I wanted to add one quick thing, and that is I heard a pshat that says, Chassan Domel Melech. So what's the pshat? He's a melech. And this is not one for Sheva Brachas, by the way. So it says, the Gemara says that a melech is judged um, every single day. Nidom Choyom. So there's an element, so that's why he fasts, because he's being judged. So it's that part. I don't want to make any jokes about that, about daily judgment as part of being a chassan. So, because hopefully that's not the case. But the point is that if you think about it, the king is being judged every day because he's on that higher level. So I'm really following up with Rashi as well. And that's a very, very important thing to keep in mind. All right. Thanks for joining. Have a great day.